Why don't you get your salary paid to your personal account? Asked Danny. Then you could set up a transfer to the joint account. Her voice trailed off as she saw the expression on Imogen's face. I'd rather have it this way, Imogen said. Please, Annie. Annie hesitated, her fingers poised over her keyboard. Is everything all right at home, Imogen? She asked. Of course it is. Imogen spoke sharply. Absolutely. It's just that it's his birthday soon, and I want to surprise him with a gift. But I can't do that if he sees the information on the statement. Oh. And as for transferring my salary to my own account, I know I could do that, but we agreed to have a joint account for both our salaries, so... Fair enough, said Annie. I'll set it up for you. Thanks, said Imogen. She didn't get huge bonuses. PAs, even ones as dedicated as Connor said she was, never did. But it was enough to start her off. Enough to make the plan more than just something to think about. Enough to carry it through. At least this far. She lay back on the bed and closed her eyes. Nearly there, she murmured. Nearly there. At half past six the following morning, they snapped open again and she was wide awake. It took a moment for her to realise that she wasn't in Dublin, that she wasn't in Paris, that she really had done it. Adrenaline shot through her and she sat up, surprised to find that she was still wearing her navy suit. She didn't remember falling asleep in her clothes. She opened the shutters, allowing a weak beam of morning light to filter through the net curtain. Then she got undressed, went into the bathroom and stood under the tepid shower, leaning to one side so that she didn't get her hair wet, because the Hostel Auberge didn't run to shower caps and it wasn't something she'd thought about. A hiccup in the plan, she said to herself, but a minor one. She got out of the shower, dried herself with one of the thin green towels and walked back into the bedroom. She dressed in a plain t-shirt and faded jeans. Then she looked at herself in the mirror. Her brown eyes were huge in her pale face. Her dark mocha hair had survived the shower and was curling gently under her ears. It was the hair that startled her the most. The day before, it had been long and luxuriant, the shining, tumbling tresses of a shampoo advertisement. Now it was a sleek bob, slightly shorter than shoulder length. Imogen hardly recognised herself which was a good thing, she told herself. Making herself unrecognisable was the reason she'd had it cut. Her Swarovski earrings, a twenty-first birthday present from her stepfather, were more visible with the new hairstyle. The tiny crystals glittered in the sunlight that was now beaming through the window. She dabbed some tinted moisturiser on her face, which dealt with the pallor, then sprayed Nina Ricci perfume on her neck and wrists. After that, she folded her suit and put it in the suitcase. She thought about leaving it behind, but discounted the idea. Although it was unlikely, she might be remembered if she left clothes hanging in the wardrobe. Besides, if things worked out, she might need the suit for a job interview in the future. Having zipped up the case again, she put on her flat shoes and left the room. It was a twenty-minute walk to the bus stop, but the next bus wasn't due for nearly an hour, so, in a random, unplanned moment, she sat down at a pavement café 
which was already open and serving fragrant coffee and the hot, flaky croissants that tasted so different in France than anywhere else in the world. The coffee and croissants revived her, as did the summer sun, which was rising in the clear blue sky. In the distance, for the first time, Imogen saw the purple and green peaks of the Pyrenees. She finished and paid for her breakfast, and also bought a ticket for the bus. It was already at the stop when she arrived, and she hurried along the uneven pavement, worried in case she missed it. Even though there were other buses later in the day, it was important to stick to the plan, to get it all exactly right. Getting everything right was her insurance policy. It proved that she could do it. It helped maintain the confidence that she struggled so hard to hold on to. The other passengers were a mixture of old and young, commuters and other travellers.